The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. It's Friday. You know what that means here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are brought to you by Rival Fantasy. I'm Clay Link of Rotowire here with FSWA Hall of Famer Todd Zola. It is Yuri Perez Day. Happy Yuri Perez Day to all. And happy Tears of the Kingdom Day to those who celebrate. It's kind of a weird footnote, kind of weird uh, footnote in history that uh, <laughs> Perez debuting on a new Zelda day. Todd, what's up with you, man? I get one of those two references. Yeah, you ever played The Legend of Zelda growing up? Do I look like? No, I am. Um, no, I guess not. I, uh, maybe I was a, like I'm a Tetris guy. No, I never, never. Played I like it. Tetris too. <laughs> Tetris no, is still. I mean, there was a new Tetris game not too long ago. Oh so no! Don't tell me that. Still like holds I, up. Like I need another distraction. <laughs> no, uh, I can talk informatively on Yuri Perez. So we'll leave, we'll leave the uh, Zelda, even though it's similar last name or whatever, to others. Yeah, it's funny. Everybody, when I was growing up, was always, hey, you know, Link, you must love Zelda. And I was kind of like, ah. I was never a big Zelda kid. I was more, you know, playing like WCW NWO Revenge, right? <laughs> but uh, I've grown it like Breath of the Wild was amazing. And I've grown to love the franchise. So how wrong I was. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Yuri Perez will always, always be a trivia note that he debuted on the day. Tears of the Kingdom came out. You will be facing my Reds, and uh, you know I love prospects, and some of these pitchers just get been getting lit up. But I, I expect good things from him. He's one of the top prospects in the game. Right. Well, I mean, I, the the analogy I used on the radio before: Are we getting Bryce Miller? Or are we getting Mason Miller? And uh, James pointed out that's not even wide enough of a range of possibilities. You can go even worse than that. So. You know, I mean, Perez's pedigree is higher than both, I would think. 20 years old. Um, you can't really find a flaw, other than he just doesn't have much of a track record. Six foot eight, right? So the stories usually can it repeat his delivery. Haven't heard a whole lot of talk about that. He's not walking many. So I think you're going to be optimistic, but I, I'm not, I'm not paying as much, I'm not paying what it's going to take in fab. I don't believe anyway, and maybe that's a bad thing, but it's still hard to pitch in MLB. 
And I think we got to, you know, I, jokes about the Reds aside, is there a better first game to debut? Than home against the Reds? Yeah, yeah. probably not. Uh, if you were in Great American Ballpark, it might be a little different story. Bart in the chat says that the fab price will be fun. Basically $40 in fab per K that uh, Yuri Perez gets tonight. He went for 36 out of 100 last night in the Rotowire Stake League uh, to Eric Halterman. So uh, Halterman ah. dropping the uh, the budget down and opening up the wallet to get Yuri Perez. I think that's a little bit more than I paid for Gavin Stone, but I'd rather have <laughs> Perez well, at this point. Although I'm holding Gavin Stone. so. See, you mentioned Eric. Uh, we do the MLB show. But we pre-record. Everybody knows this, so I'm not, you know, don't tell anybody. Um, I, it, you know, we let it be known. But the mm. point being, we, we're doing a show tomorrow that we already recorded, and neither of us know how Perez did tonight. So oh, yeah, yeah. we, we got to mention it. You know, you can't not mention him. So I mean, I didn't realize that Eric had uh, had a vested interest in the uh, in their performance, if you will. But yeah, no, so. A lot of it just, I mean, we'll talk about pitching in a moment, but we got Max Scherzer, right? Or oh, knock on wood, we got Max Scherzer, James Paxton. Um, a lot going on in pitching tonight. I mean, we're going to do two starts later, but it's an interesting night as far as pitching goes. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about tonight's slate when we talk rival fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. We had another question that Chad, wondering if the Marlins are going to Taj Bradley, Yuri Perez, or if he's here for the long haul. Hard to say, but well, I mean, he was dominating at Double A. Taj Bradley is Taj Bradley himself. He's not doing yeah, so well in the minors. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, I understand what you're trying to say, but some of these analogies sometimes, you know, just ask the question: Are they gonna? Are they gonna? You know, yank Perez up and down. The opening, the opening is there, but how many innings do you want to give a 20 year old? You know, so yeah, he didn't he threw what like less than 80 last year? I want to say, yeah. So check. I, I think we're going to see, I mean, all right, well, I mean, maybe this answers the question. Maybe it doesn't. I put in a, I put in the site projection for Yuri Perez. I believe I gave him 11 starts. I can't tell you if there'll be the next 11 games or 11 games between now and the end of the season, but that's, that's what I gave Perez was 11 mm-hmm. more starts. 11 starts at the big league level. Right. I, that I mean, sounds about right. It's a, it's a crap shoot. It's a guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's somewhat of a, you know, they shut him down early or, you know, this, that, the other thing, but I mean, I'm not giving him, you know, 18 or 19, but I don't think it's just two or three and he's gone either. So calling up the depth chart now, uh, Trevor Rogers and Johnny Cueto are out. Um, I'm more, I mean, Cueto is just Cueto. I'm not, you know, I mean, press pitching well, he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, Braxton Garrett hasn't pitched well. Brian Hoeing hasn't pitched well. The opportunity certainly there. Are we at a point yet where we can just dismiss the Marlins from the wild card? I'm, maybe, but I don't know. It has been maybe the worst signing of the offseason was Gene Segura. Oh, not the gosh. Worst, but my God, he's been brutal. Yeah. So um, that, that hasn't worked out for now. So the Marlins are 19 and 19. No, you know what? I mean, at least on paper, you can't dismiss them from the wild card. No, if they're five hundred, they're the wild card right now. Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing now. You know, five hundred. Um, NL East isn't quite like the AL East as far as top to bottom because you know the Nationals are a basement team. Everybody in the AL East over five hundred, 
But um, yeah, no, the Marlins are in the thick, thick of it, and so you know, I what what do you do with Perez? You slow play him so he's around for the playoffs. Is that way too far in advance thinking? I think Perez is going to get a couple of couple of out, outings here, but I don't know that I'd write him down for 120 innings. Right. So he threw a total of 77 innings last year, yeah. Gary Perez. That's across 18 starts between single A and double A. And this year he's made, so far this year he's made six starts at double A. So I think, yeah, I mean, 11 more starts would basically put him on par with what he did last year. And maybe there's some upside from that number, but I do think it's probably best to kind of conservatively say, well, you know, 11, 12, 13 starts. Those 11 starts assumes he's in the minors too. Oh, that he like goes back to the minors. Yeah, I mean that—that that was my assumption was that that if it's not the only eleven games he plays aren't the eleven up here. That's mm-hmm. just my assumption. Um, I don't think he's going to pitch eleven straight and then the season ends. So, so you think he'll maybe pitch a few, maybe head back when they don't need a fifth starter for a while, or perhaps eventually you know, around the All Star break. It just you can monitor the innings a little easier that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could be completely wrong. Um, no, yeah, I think that's but that's a wise landing point yeah. for his projection. Right. So yeah, thanks for jumping in yesterday when I messaged you and uh, you, you were all over the the Yuri Perez projection. Other pickups last night in the Rotowire Stake League. Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, Jesus Sanchez for fourteen. He's been playing all right. Uh, JP France. I know picked up in a lot of leagues last week. He goes for twelve here. Uh, Gregory Soto for seven. Jose Alvarado, a zero walk so far, but is he's hurt. It doesn't sound like he's expecting a log absence. Right. But Gregory Soto and Craig Kimbrell maybe in the meantime. Brian Bayo for seven. Really like what I've seen from Bayo recently. He's throwing the uh, the slider, the third yeah. pitch that we're all been waiting on. Relative, I mean, forget the fact. I mean, yes, I'm a Red Sox fan. But relative to some of those other bids, seven for Bayo seems pretty darn nice. Yeah, it really does. So that was one where, yeah, he put up those stinkers early, but he's really kind of done a 180 last few starts anyway. Uh, Casey Schmidt. I mean, what a start for him. It's not a player that I really had much hope for, but he is eight for 12 so far. Is that good, Todd? Uh, Eight Um, for 12, two homers. Yeah, and only I, one strike. Yeah, he's on a pace to hit like I don't know, six hundred. Yeah, if he hits six sixty-seven the rest of the way. Yeah. Now, I mean, we talked about him a little bit on the radio earlier. Um, all right, it just right now he's the flavor month. David Villar earlier. Um, it's really hard to 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 number scout Schmidt because he's been a year to advance for his level. So I know that there's MLEs that are supposed to normalize that. But I think the variance is is pretty high, so you, you just can't. Well, he hit 18 homers, you know, it, it, two years ago. Yeah, well, it was as a 23 year old against single A pitching, you know. So it's hard to it's hard to gauge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Silseth picked up. I think that's a pretty interesting. When I'm looking at who he lines up to face here, so he will face, but at Baltimore next week. That's a, this is a brilliant pickup, says the guy that drafted him as a minor leaguer in the Rotowire League, just because I, I like was that. looking for I, – I think we've talked about this. Strategically, it gets to a point where 
do you draft lesser ranked minor leaguers that have a chance to help you this year or do you you know go for the future so i was at a point where you know what i don't i mean this is they're all long shots still seth i think he's going to pitch this year so i i I grabbed him even though they were higher ranked players so uh rooting for still seth to get in rotation so i could activate him uh orlando arcia for six to halterman and then this one i just missed out on him by maybe tie no not a tiebreaker must have been just by a buck mark Leiter for five he's been pitching really well for the cubs uh, and i kind of needed a closer to replace alvarado i'll just have to wait hopefully get alvarado back next week uh, nick prado for four alex call for four and manuel valdez for four uh, christian incarnacion strand for three of those of those fours uh uh-huh. one of who's one of um Alex Call, Nick Prado. Yeah, I like Prado. Uh, Emmanuel Valdez. I like them all, but I like I like Prado. I just I think there's an opening at least to hit against right handers. Eddie Rosario for three, Hanser Alberto for three. And so I didn't get uh Mark Leiter, but I did get Ian Hamilton. I know you know there's I dropped Trevor Larnick who got set down. So I kinda had some flexibility to just pick somebody up. And while well, we all love Michael King. And Ian Hamilton got a save recently, and I know Aaron Boone likes him as an option if, if Clay Holmes can't get the job done. Well, I, I think I don't think you even have to go that route. I think that Boone is showing kind of the opposite. He's showing that he's going to use Clay Holmes when the meat of the batting order. That's why when he, when mm-hmm. Hamilton got a save, Holmes was brought in the eighth to face the heart of whatever tap get what team it was, the heart of their order. Yeah. So Hamilton's pitched well. Right. So the the Kings and the Hamiltons could be getting that. I mean, it, this isn't that they don't trust Holmes. It's they they really trust him to be used when the when the game is on the line in the seventh or eighth. And that's when mm-hmm. Hamilton and King could can chip in. These are these guys are really nice if you're in save and hold leagues because you know you, you're going to get a hold regardless if he happens to get a. I don't think your stake league does that though, does it? No, not the stake league. I'm right. not going to start him this week, but, um, you know, because they did give Clay Holmes the vote of confidence, but it's a stash, a right. spec on a on a cl- possible closer eventually. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, J.J. Blade and Uncle Ted, a friend of the show, mentioned him in the chat uh, that J.J. Blade is balling. I picked him up in the, I think, in the main event last week just because yeah. – my team is crap, and I needed somebody. And looks like they're at least going to give him a look. Uh, opportunity is on Bladé's side, at least. Yes, no, I agree. And I also agree with the comment that you do not drop Alex Spreadman for a flat, you know, for a what have you done for me lately, guy. This is yeah, not or a stash spec like Ellie yeah. Cruz. I, I don't. I'm not a huge Bregman fan, <laughs> but he's not a fungible end, end game player. Yeah, I agree with you. And I know I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you know what your Blade projection looks like? How you're kind of valuing Blade? Um, is he like a mixed league worthy guy? I think he is. Yeah. And, uh, it, 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 given, given you're going to have a couple of platoon type players in a mixed league, mm-hmm. and it's the A's, which, you know what? The A's have a better offense than the Astros, at least right now. I know that's. That's not probably how it's going to end. 
But <laughs> right now, that sounds ridiculous. I was writing but... up. A, I forget what picture it was, but I wanted mm-hmm. to say, well, he, um, you know, the he 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 held the Astros to blah blah blah, and now he gets the Athletics. Then I looked at their respective Wobas. It's like, wow, the uh, the Athletics have a you have a better Woba than Houston. So and uh, Brent Rooker has been insane. Yeah. No, but, but to answer your question, I I think Blade is a 15 team mixed guy, mainly because at least when I look at him a week or two ago, he was sitting at the top of the order. Yeah, it's, I know this doesn't necessarily mean a ton because he's already been traded by the team that drafted him, but ton of draft pedigree for Blade, fourth overall pick in 2019, and why not? What does this team have to lose by seeing what he's he's got? Well. Great start for him, by the way. 11 for 32 with three homers. They wanted him. Well, he had an opportunity to break camp. He just didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. So he went down to the minors and he earned it. You know, you like to see that you like that. I don't I don't know if we'll talk about the Atlanta pitching. We'll probably talk about him a bit when we get to the two starts. But what you don't like is when D- D- Dylan Dodd and um, Mental Block, the other guy. Schuster. Gerard, Jared Schuster. Jared Schuster. You don't like the fact they didn't go down at Gwinnett and shove. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they both struggled down there. You, you kind of like to, to have seen, I'm going to show them and, and pitch really well. They did not do that. But they went down, took the, took the demotion, if you will, in stride and earned, earned his way back up to the, uh, to the major leagues with a 1072 OPS. All right. Vegas is a good place to hit, but you still got to do it. Yeah, Vegas is a launching pad, but seven homers in twenty-five games. That'll have you, have you ever been there? Play. Did you ever? No, not not to the Aviators. Part. I think no. it was an FSTA meeting. Oh yeah. Um, just because you know everybody else is going gambling, and I don't think it would have been an NBC. So it had to be an FSTA meeting back in the day, but when it was TA and when I used to go. Yeah. So I who was it? Um, Brent. I think it went with the HQ guys. I think it went either Brent or Brent and Ray. It's like we don't. You, know, you want to play blackjack? You want to go watch? A, I'll watch a triple A game. So we went to the game. It was pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. Maybe the A's will play there for a year or two. That would be pretty oh, wacky, gosh. wacky for offense. Um, yeah, those numbers are inflated certainly by the Vegas and just the PCL Pacific Coast League in general. But one thing the environment can't really boost or fake. Maybe it could boost a little bit if you could argue that, but. You can't really fake a 20 to 15 walk decay. I mean, five more walks than strikeouts in his 25 games, showing a lot of patience. And yeah. when pitchers put the ball in the zone, he's been able to capitalize. So yeah. and I like him as a pickup for sure. And Oakland is finding a way to use both him and Ruiz in the same lineup, which we weren't sure about coming in to the mm-hmm. season. We thought it was either or. And in that big outfield, you could use two center fielders, right? I mean, you could use three with Loriano. <laughs> so I think you can I think you can get away with an outfield of, of uh Ruiz, Bode, and Loriano. Uh Jordan Diaz of that Oakland team. Random three homer game, probably the most random three homer game since <laughs> um that four homer game by uh Mark Witten, who yeah. No, I was thinking of <laughs> The red, I want to say Skip Schumacher. I know that's not who it is. Um, now I'm blanking on this. Oh, Scooter Jeanette. Okay. Yeah. But it was a four-homer game for Scooter. 
That was the most random thing. No. That was the most juice ball thing ever. Yeah, but to you, Scooter you know, Jeanette four homer game. I don't know that Scooter Jeanette and, and Skip Schumacher were ever seen in the same room. So it could have been, <laughs> it could have been Sh- uh, Shoemaker trying to. Both former yeah. Reds. He's managing right now. He's he's the Miami. Yeah, he's the Marlins. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Skip Schumacher. He was yeah. a fun Red. Yeah. Um, McKinstry, Zach McKinstry, he's been leading off some for leading the off. Years. Yeah, he goes. You should mention real quick mm-hmm. that we've got a uh, a function on the site. What, what batting order changes. Batting order changes. That tells yeah. us a lot of this information. Um, yeah, that was a great idea, the guys, to just because we make all those batting order changes every day, but to compile those and put those on the front end was a great yeah. idea. So shout out to the guys, the Tech Crew and Garen Quinn, maybe, but uh, that's great. And I think you, thanks to you, Todd, we now have the ability to download uh, our default batting orders. So. I mean, we shout love out people. to you on the uh, the call on that. Well, we love we love people to use our DFS tools. There's no doubt, you know optimizer, but there's some stubborn dolts like me that like to, and I know others too that like to kind of do things on their own, and to be able to dump the default lineups into my little black box that I'd like to call it a gold box, but it's not really so golden right now. I call it the fungo. Did, did I tell you why I call it the fungo? Because it's like the bat, but it's, it's, it's it, 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 it breaks under pressure. <laughs> it's not as robust, yeah. and it it breaks under pressure. Not as, not as strong. Yeah, no, not as right. strong as the bat. So I call mine the fungo. But anyway, I so that. it's it, it's it, you know all right. Wait, it took me twenty minutes to download them by hand. Now I hit a button, dump them in, and I have the default batting orders. And it's it, it also I just kind of and what Peter Peter Shanky suggested about having a longer a longer list of previous batting orders helps because i mean i'm sure you help out in that area all right there's some maybe there's some knee-jerk reactions that to batting orders because you know one game and you're not really sure but there are some teams as you know that just you can't make a default batting order because there isn't one yeah we try our best yeah well right but so and that's what having the the extended version of who's been batting where over the past Mm -hmm. couple weeks it comes into handy it comes into handy. It comes in handy. I like to look at the Sunday, and do they always mix it up on Sundays? You know, um, day after a night game. You know, so having the extended um, seven days there. Yeah, it gives you a little Last bit more. Seven. Yeah, more than seven. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know. Peter, but yeah, I just wanted to thank you because you yeah. sent me that. I sent that to the. I just kind of did the uh, shift command four screen grab of your question, sent it to the tech team, and they had that up like the next day. Do they know anything about dentistry? <laughs> I don't know if the tech team can save you there, but uh, oh, well, okay. I wish. But no, I uh, I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, you can now download our default orders as .csv files. Okay, Luis Ortiz of Pittsburgh. He struggled, but I do like the skills. He goes for only a buck. Paven Smith, these are all $0 from here. Uh, Paven Smith, Matt Carpenter, Michael Lorenzen, Jordan Westberg, uh, Josh Sabors, Josh Winkowski, and Royce Lewis. So that'll do it for pickups unless you have anybody else on your mind. No, let's hit a, a quick question since we're hitting questions and we can move mm-hmm. on. Uh, last one, would I drop either Brandon Lau or Nolan Gorman for Santander? I drop Gorman at this point. Um, I, I'm not dropping Lau if he's always in a slump. Maybe it's because I really like Santander, and she she shouldn't even be available in a league if you're asking with, the, with those names. But Gorman's losing playing time, uh, at least for now, with Contreras jumping around. So I can I would make that I would prefer Santander over Gorman 
straight up, you know, without losing playing time. Maybe that's just me. This has not really been my year so far. I still a lot of time to turn it around, but uh, dead last in Tower Wars right now by a pretty good margin. And, you know, I was looking at one team and I had Santander on my bench last week when he would hit like 400 with three homers or whatever. So, yes, Santander should be rostered. And I think despite the slow start, he should be active most of the time and so that you're not leaving a bunch of stats on your bench like I did. All right, let's get into Rival Fantasy for the week, Todd. The new uh, sponsor of the podcast. We appreciate their sponsorship, of course. We're having some fun with this new fantasy game that they're bringing to the table. The uh, You and I have been mostly doing the, the uh, what is it called? I'm sorry. The, the, the fantasy book. The fantasy book. That's what it was. I had first loaded up the challenges. But, yeah, you go to fantasy book, MLB. You take the over, the under on a player's projected point total and this is fun now todd did you have a starting point in mind I, we've really been focusing on the pitchers primarily well I, yeah last week those who listened last week you're welcome um every every guy i mentioned hit and i did some hedges and i'm not retiring but i did i did good last week of course i did some, all your picks hit last week yeah i did some mid midweek play this week and as we were joking off air michael walker's Game out of nowhere cost me from uh from from taking down from you know tens of dollars so uh so a bummer for that but I've been talking a lot about pitching so I thought I'd switch it up this week and I'm gonna I'm gonna play pitchers tonight but I thought I would talk about or, or at least publicly over the podcast do some hitters maybe it's a little bit cheating because I'm gonna pick on Coors Field now in DFS you may avoid fade hitters because of roster ship issues. But since that's not a problem here, you don't care how many other people in the contest are choosing, uh, you know, a player in Coors Field doesn't matter. I'm just more comfortable. Yeah. You know, Coors Field is a good place to play. So I, uh, I'm going with Trey Turner, who I think Coors Field might be his panacea and Bryce Harper coming back to to relieve some of the pressure because Turner's, I don't know for sure. And, and I'm going to head tap to uh, hat tip to Eric Halterman for talking about him on our Saturday show about this, but his chase rate is way up. His strikeouts are up and it looks like he's been pressing in Harper's absence. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm taking Trey Turner to go over uh, 8.7 points. I have him for like 11 or 12 uh, JT Riamuto, same lineup, same pitcher, both against Austin Gomber platoon advantage. So I like J2 Riamuto uh, mm-hmm. to go over his 8.2 points. And I'm taking Byron Buxton to mm-hmm. – uh, he's got Drew Smiley. And I don't know the splits for Smiley, but I, I generally think that you play lefty-righty as much as you can. So, uh, And one of the things about Buxton is I do DFS projections, if you will. So what I care about is that day. And he is almost always, Buxton is, almost always near the top. It just, it's a reminder of how good he is. But he just gets penalized in a, in a, le- a year-long league because we have to hedge for injuries on a per-plate appearance basis. And he's running a little bit this year. So he's still one of the best players in the game. 
I got you. So you're uh, you're an optimist tonight. You're taking the over on all of Trey Turner, JT Romuto, and Byron Buxton. Huh? Yeah, pitching, pitching. I'll take the under because I think it's a smarter mm-hmm. bet. If, if I'm going to take the over, I want to root for these guys. So you know, I want to want to turn on the course game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna root for these guys to get hits. So yeah, I'm gonna you know I, I even though the under is probably a better bet, um, a better try just because the odds are better because i mean it's it's uh, more, more things can go wrong than can go right so it's almost always better to take the under but i'm you know yeah i want to win some money but i also it, for, part of this is to have a little fun yeah of course you know i i totally hear that um okay well I, sometimes I get thrown off by the, some of the Saturday starters being bunched in here, so I'm yeah. going to have to change one of mine <clears throat> here real quick. Yeah. But I'm going to kind of piggyback a little bit off what you were doing there and, and just go with the uh, the Phillies starter in Taiwan Walker. I, I expect them to, you know, the Phillies to hit a little bit, but it is Coors Field, undefeated, as you always say. The over-under there tonight is 11 runs. Philly's slightly favored, but I'm going to take the under on Taiwan Walker just because, I mean, I kind of like Taiwan, but it's 13.68 points at cores. That just doesn't really jive with me. So I'm going to take the under on Taiwan Walker. Yeah. The only caveat there mm-hmm. is if he happens to pitch, not great, but goes five innings and they get a win, you know, he sneaks it out. Mm. I, I mean, I, I haven't projected for fewer points, so I you know I agree there. It's more what understanding what a projection is and the chances, et cetera. But I certainly agree with the idea. Yeah, I just I could see that because it is Gomber on the other side. Maybe you just think that you even if Taiwan gets knocked around, he still gets the win. I'll take that. But I haven't projected for eight and a half points. That's it for Taiwan. Yeah, so that that to me is a uh, yeah. If you say it's over under thirteen, I haven't for eight and a half. Yeah, I'm seeing the over under right now, and I just refreshed it. Yeah. 13.68. Yeah, so. I have it eight and a half points. All right. So I'm going to take that one. Then I think I'm going to take, take the over on Dustin May. Um, now, mostly it's because the point projection is pretty modest 15.61. And it is against the. Padres, but it is at home in Dodger Stadium. Dodgers favored minus 135. Over-under is 9. Blake Snell's been pretty brutal. Maybe you want to go on the Snell side and just take the under on him, but his un- over-under is only 11.54 on underdog, so I'm going to say Dustin May gets the win against these Padres, who just haven't really been clicking on all fronts yet. Soto's coming around, but um, you know, for a guy like May, who's such wicked stuff, I think yeah, that could show up in any given day in any given matchup, and he can be just fine. Haven't we been saying the Padres haven't been clicking for about three years now? That's true. That's a good so point. it seems, you know. Anyway. What do you think? It, I don't know what it is. I do think Soto's maybe being too selective and just kind well, of being yeah. too passive at the plate. There was a thread, and I I linked it in one of my recent pieces. Uh, Eno Saris was working with some people yep. from the Athletic, and – and showed that he is he he used to take low and outside pitches and drive him over the shortstop's head for singles, you know, maybe into the gap and 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 left field. 
And it's not that he's rolling over on them and now he's just spitting on him and he's taking them. And even if he would have just go back to showing the ability to take the ball to left field, A, he's doing it, and B, maybe they don't pitch him as much in that area, we go back. But, you know, this week he is turning it around. Um, he's just too good a hitter not to. But I do, we do need to keep in mind that Nationals Park is a great place to hit. Mm-hmm. So even when Soto has found himself again, the numbers will probably, you know, will trail a bit what they yield, what they were, just because Petco Park is a much harder place to hit. So to recap our picks for rival fantasy yeah. tonight, Todd's picks, Trey Turner over, JT Realmuto over, Byron Buxton over. And my picks, Taiwan Walker under, Trevor May over. I'm still kind of a coward with just picking pitching because <laughs> the hitting, well, I guess at Coors Field, it's pretty predictable. Well, like I said, I mean, day, I, hit, I, hitting is so hard. I'm, I'm putting, uh, you know, I'm my, my, my try for the uh, pitching is going to be a, a higher amount than, than my hitting, but I just thought it'd be fair to once in a while talk about hitting. So people, you know, we're trying to publicize the site. You know, of course. we need to give the, you know, when I, when I talk pitching, I put batters in too, but I thought this week I would just mention my hitters. I like that. Well, I'll tell you a little bit more right now about rival fantasy. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival fantasy is the fantasy fl- uh, fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, which Todd and I were just talking about, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code ROTOWIREMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Yeah, join us over there. We're having some fun. Uh, Todd, shall we get into the two-star pitchers for next week? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. So if you're new to this whole thing, definitely follow along with us on the site. These two-star pitchers will change because the projected starters grid is constantly changing and evolving. Uh, so definitely check closer to the Sunday for, for a better idea of who's making two starts next week. But we will go through the projected starters grid at Rotowire. Zero to five scale for all these guys. Our custom start date as May 15th, 2023. Three, uh, Merrill Kelly at Oakland at Pitt. Pretty good two step for Kelly, who's uh turned it around. So, hmm, tempted to go four here. What, what say you when you say turn it around? You mean this year? Because I mean, last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was off to a brutal start, wasn't he? I don't know, yeah. I think he was just had uh, let me see, he he had, I guess he was never that bad this year. Some reason I had it in my head that he was really getting rocked earlier, but there was only a couple hiccups. Yeah, no, he. I mean, he's not going to, you know, one of those twelve strikeout seven inning games. Mm-hmm. He's just really steady, and these are two. I mean, all right, it's Pittsburgh, who's kind of scrappy, but I'm still not 
benching Merrill Kelly. I'm just, it's not as good of a start as it was. I'll, I agree a four. Charlie Morton at Texas versus Seattle. Another pretty appealing one there. I think I'm going to put him on the you know same tier as Merrill Kelly, where it's a kind of a boring arm, but uh, good matchups and probably overthinking it if you, if you swap him out. Yeah, no, I'm going to go four. I think I have him ranked higher, or I will have him ranked higher than Kelly. Um, he still gets more strikeouts. I saw him against the Red Sox this past week, and he's, he certainly you know looked like he may have lost it, but has his bounce back for the third straight season. We always have an early tout wars tout tables who you're worried about. You know, someone always says Charlie Martin, and three weeks later, they wish they hadn't said that. Third year in a row, that's happened. Of course. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, he's got a ERA north of five, but we, we like the stuff. We like the upside long term. Uh, versus the Angels at Toronto next week. Same for Dean Kramer. Oh. Ooh, this one's tough. Grayson. I like, and I think I have him in my 12-teamer, the online championship. I don't really see myself sitting him down, so I'm, I think I'm going to go three. That feels a little high off the tongue, but I'm going to go three on Rodriguez, and I think uh, Dean Kramer's four and one, huh? Maybe little a two little, on Dean Kramer. Little, little misleading on Kramer there. Yeah. I think I'm going to be minus one on each of those. I think I'm going to go two for Rodriguez. And, and and one for Kramer. Kramer's one of those guys that he, when you sit him, he's going to shove. And when you think he's going to do well, he doesn't. He, at least he, anecdotally, he seems to have that um, going about going thing going. You mentioned, was it four and one or three and one? Uh, four and one. 32 strikeouts in 41 innings. That's not great. Or 41 and a th- two thirds. 13 walks, seven homers. I mean, four, four nine seven ERA. Yeah. Now he's. Um, I don't know his run support, but I'm going to guess it's high. Yeah, good call. It's the record, as we all know, record is not yeah. reflective for yeah. a pitcher, but in Kramer's case, especially uh, less so. No two star pitchers for Boston, but real quick, uh, any expectations at all for James Paxton? He struggled on his rehab, so I'm kind of you know fully in wait and see. Yeah, but right? uh, I expect he'll get hurt. Yeah. No, I mean, unfortunate reality. I don't know. Um, once what's what luck comes back, we got seven pitchers, so it, it takes me some time to process the Red Sox having seven starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. So, but once I kind of process that, I think it's, I mean, best case scenario, uh, Whitlock or Tanner Howe piggybacks with, with Paxton. I don't know who, and that's just me. I have no inside information or whatever. Um, you know, no one is pitching. Poor enough to be the oh yeah he's going down or going to relief so it's going to be an interesting dilemma we mentioned Bayo really quickly he's throwing that slider now which is a well I'll, you know what if he threw a third pitch well he's starting to throw it so we're going to get to see what if absolutely Jamison Tyone at Houston at Philly can't do it is he a zero. A- uh, maybe a one, but it's ten. Both of these. Here's the thing. Um, my spreadsheet's going to have them around a two because both of the offenses are underproducing. But they're both well. Philly's starting to turn it around now. You know they're going to get better. You oh, know totally. you, you hate to be at the expense of your guy. You know what? If it was home, maybe. But uh, you know what? I'm going to go one just because I'm, I'm. I think there's something to be said for. 
trusting that neither team is hitting right now. Well, here's an interesting one. Tough call to make on Hunter Green this coming week at Colorado versus the Yankees in Great American Small Park. So it goes from Coors to Coors Light. Uh, double fist in here this week for Hunter Green. Would you recommend sitting him down? A guy that is going or like just after pick 100, would you recommend fantasy managers take him out of their lineups this week? All right, points leagues, no, because he's getting strikeouts mm-hmm. and you just, you know, your ratios don't get hurt. Maybe you just don't accumulate as many points. You know, I mean, it's a little early to say, well, if you're hurting in ratios, sit him. If you're not, I mean, that's that's more towards the end of the year. Um, wow. You know what? I I think I I could see sitting him. I'm not gonna I, I don't think you're I don't think it's a mistake if you sit him, but I it, there's too much context to make the decision. I have a feeling I'm gonna have him ranked between like 50 and 60, 50 and 65 because of the strikeouts bring him up that much, but uh, that's, it is a, that's a tough one. I don't have the decision. So I'm trying to think, what would I do? Um, I, I think just, I think sitting him is justified. Same. I, I'm having a hard time saying that. I feel like as, as uh, somebody who works in this business that I should tell fantasy managers to take Hunter green out of the lineup. But I also feel like, yeah, it's not a, it's definitely a, one where I think you, I'd lean more towards sitting him. I, I don't want to say, oh, definitely sit Hunter Green because he's at Colorado at home against the Yankees. But I would hope to maybe find somebody else if I could. Uh, I think I'm going to give him a three because it is Hunter Green, but ugh, that's a really tricky one. Uh, maybe well, two. Know, I'm going to go two. We're saying it is Hunter Green. But he has walked 16 guys. Yeah, he's so fastball heavy. You know, 1.49 whip. I know that's somewhat of a hit rate that's a bit out of whack. But I'm going to give him a one. Um, just a one, huh? Yeah, I'm just because, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's some blow-up potential. Yeah, it definitely is. It's scary. I, and, again, I'm not saying that you definitely should take Hunter Green out of your lineup, but uh, – yeah. I would consider it. Shane Bieber at the White Sox at the Mets. That's going to be a five. Yes, sir. Even though there's some issue, you know, is he really adjusting to being a pitcher and not a thrower? There's a, there's a little bit of bumps in the road, but maybe this is the week that we stop worrying about that. Connor Seabold's at home against the Reds and at Texas. That's going to be a zero for me. Yeah, you had me at Connor Seabold. You didn't have to yeah. go on. Um, next up, Lance Lynn. Now, all right. Oh man, here's look. I've gotten several wrong so far this year. Lance Lynn may be my biggest miss of all. I thought the way he finished last year was really encouraging. He's a one and five with a seven five one ERA. Very few signs of hope. I guess he there was that game a couple weeks ago where he like took a no hitter into the fifth, but then ended up with a horrible line. The Astros got to him so. I really don't know how to how to approach this one. What's your grade on Lance Lynn? Um, I, I'm probably more optimistic because I see 54 strikeouts to 17 walks mm-hmm. and 44 and a third. I'm aware of that. It's a three to one ratio. I mean, I maybe wish the walks were a little bit lower. He walked 19 and 121 innings last year, 
But, I mean, it's not horrible. I see 11 homers in 44 innings. That's not going to that's not going to keep keep it that level. Yeah, One every four. That's, that's crazy. Not, yeah. And I see 54 hits in 44 and a third. Now it's not all bad luck, right? He's throwing meatballs up there, but there is some there is some hitting into bad luck, which maybe then kind of now you're working out of the the stretch more and mm-hmm. you know blah blah blah. So I there's gonna there's some regression coming. Um, now it's do I sit him? I don't like sitting people when I expect regression to come because they can come at any time. Um, so I, this is the week that it could I, regression doesn't care who you're playing, but the lesser skilled teams plus regression could have a couple of good performances. So Cleveland and KC at home, man, if you're not starting this week, drop them. You talked about those home run numbers for Lynn. And also in the past, you've talked about how it's important in your opinion to, you know, bring home runs down in terms of, you know, kind of neutralizing those with a style like XFIP. Um, and his XFIP is actually an exact mark for his exact match for his career mark, 388. So you're right that I think Lynn's probably better than he's been. The home run numbers should regress. And I mean, if this was, at Colorado, if this was at Colorado and at Yankee Stadium, I'd say sit him. But hmm. I think if you still believe that there's good stuff coming, you have to start. I'm going to give him a three. Yeah, but I'm I mean, going to give I'm him a three, too. Yeah, I'm, I am starting him. I guess if you've been riding Lancelin to this point, you just kind of have to like throw him yeah. out there with the hope that he this is the week that it kind of starts falling in line for him. And you didn't get him wrong. He hasn't he hasn't pitched very well. Yeah, I didn't get it wrong. He's, <laughs> he's got it wrong so far. Uh, no two-star pitchers for Detroit. They have two off days, but what a – what a run, Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo, and I had forgotten I have him on my labor team. I oh, also nice. have Brad Keller and Brady Singer. But, but uh, yeah. I have him on my, la- on my, on my labor team. And That's it's fun. Nice, I mean, nice hit. You like, you know, I, you like the fact, all right, he, he, he injuries, but he, he took care of himself, you know, the mental aspect of it, something I think we both appreciate. And he came back strong. And I like to see that. I don't think there should be a stigma. Rub some dirt on it and get back out there. You know, absolutely. Uh, so I like the fact he took care of some business and is in his pitching as 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 hoped. Well, let's you and I take care of a little business. How's that go. for a transition? Sounds like you want to right. step outside. Oh <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's a little roadhouse. So they're remaking Roadhouse, by the way. That's like well, an were, MMA movie. God, they're going to make it Ronda Rousey as the star, but that was a couple of years ago. So I, I don't know it's, if, uh, if, it's a, if it's a different one now. I don't know. Who's the guy in Donnie Darko? Um, Do not know. Do not know. <laughs> let me look this up real quick. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, that's who it is. So he's going to be playing the Swayze character as like an MMA boy. I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, let's take care of a little piece of business knock out a quick word from our blue wire sponsors we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link you know, here with Todd Zola. Um, I don't know if you're looking at Twitter, but it no. took it took oh, it took a couple of years in my new place. But they are talking about over under. They are finally betting on the over under the amount of sirens that go by my window during a podcast. <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff, thank you, has taken the over. Well, I think the under might hit today. I don't know. Well, it's 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 it's. I haven't heard still have many. A, we still have a way to go. Yeah, I might have jinxed this. Uh, Framber Valdez a five, right? No, no real reason to get into that. No. Nope. Uh, Brad Keller, who you mentioned <laughs> briefly at San Diego, at the White Sox. I think I have him in a league, and sorry. Yeah, I don't. I guess I should have just swapped him out for like a reliever at this point, but. Yep. What like a one for at San Diego at the White Sox? Yeah, it's a one. It's it's a one for me. And I, I admit a little bit of my, well, no, a lot of bit of my optimism was the pitching coach change and just things in general. And it still may manifest, but it may take some time. Um, I can, you know, I'm also unhappy about Brady, about Brady Singer, but Keller's the one with two starts this week. The White Sox offense is beginning to turn it around. The park is hard to pitch in. And even though we said San Diego is a bit down, I mean, any given game, Machado, Tati, Soto, they can go goofy. Yeah, and Shohei Otani's got one uh, one of those rare two-star weeks for him, it looks like. All tentative. Um, and actually, it seems like playing Otani, yeah, he's been you know, he's been great at the plate, too. Uh, hard to know where to start him in a given week. This- but I think this week you start him at pitcher, right? This year, I think, is the first year that you can have a legitimate conversation. I mean, you can always, I mean, he's always been a good pitcher, but this year, relative to the field, what he's done with pitching, I think you could 
I mean, it's you, yeah. I think relative to the field, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, right. So, I think you can argue that. You again, you can always argue it, but I think more people would be starting and pitching this year. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so, we might um, have to dig into our like earned auction values tool a little bit because I would love to see which one has been more valuable. I assume it's the pitcher by decent margin, but uh, Otani as a pitcher compared to his hitting stats. But, yeah, uh, of course his hitting stats have been nice too, but just so darn good on the mound at Baltimore at uh, versus Men. It's going to be a five, and then uh, Cindergard, man. I I gotta imagine the leash is shortening on Cindergard versus Minnesota. At St. Louis, same for Kershaw. Kershaw is going to be a five, but right. I mean, there's no guarantee that if Cindergard struggles in the first one, that even you know maybe they bring back Gavin Stone. Um, so Cindergard, I'm going to go with a one. I am as well. And for a while, it kind of looked like ah, he's figuring it out, right? He's figuring. He's re. He's re. Re, 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 reborn. I can't think of the word, what I'm trying to say. Rejuvenated. Rejuvenated his career, born again, but now nah, it's kind of gone back the other way. Yeah, it hasn't been great. Uh, versus Minnesota at St. Louis, we both are at a one on Cindergard. Uh Jesus Lazardo. I know you uh, had a quite a bit riding on Lazardo coming into the season. Been a little up and down, but versus Washington at San Francisco, you feel great about this. Um, I'm going to go the four on the Jesus lizard. I will as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up as a five on my, on my rankings mm-hmm. um, skills down a tad, but I still think he is on the cusp of SB one not there, but on the cusp. Yeah. By the way, somebody just mentioned Cody Sang in the chat and uh, we did not get to the Mets quite yet, but he actually doesn't line up for two next week. At least not what that I'm seeing. Cody saying only Verlander for two. Uh, but anyway, back up a couple of uh, spots above uh, the Mets, the Milwaukee Brewers. Eric Lowers lines up for two. It's at St. Louis, at Baltimore. St. Louis has been really one of the big disappointments of the year. Mm, I hate going up against Tampa Bay with all those right-handed bats in there. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking it's like a two, but... You know, I may actually drop Lauer instead of if I'm not using him, I'm dropping him. That's kind of obvious, but um, yeah, I, it's, only a two for Lauer. I don't say high hopes, but I was cautiously optimistic. I'm going to go with you with two as well. Um, maybe maybe the Red Sox will soften up St. Louis and uh, over the weekend, and Lauer can come in and, uh, and and clean up on Monday. But yeah, I'm going to St. Louis is in town this weekend, so Bart mentioned in the chat too that. You know, as much as St. Louis has struggled so far, they've been hitting lefties all right. So splits against lefties are so variable right now. Yeah, Although that's true. I mean, you circle. look at you look at you know Arenado, Goldschmidt. I mean, on paper they should though, but mm. splits against lefties in general, even at not the quarter pole, at a quarter of the way through the season, are are still highly suspect. Now. Um... Looks like the Twins let a real good one get away in Luisa Rise, but they did get Pablo Lopez, who's been pitching well, at the Dodgers, at the Angels. Tough little uh, West Coast two-step there for, for Pablo. Part of me wants to say five just because I think he's kind of there, but it's it's a four with those matches. Yeah, I mean, this is why they signed him. I mean, this is why they yeah. traded for him and signed him for, for 
to be a lead a rotation, you know, against tough teams. So I'm going to go four as well. I'm going to be, you know, kind of like peeking at the games, kind of like, you know, not staring at them, but uh, absolutely going to give them a four. Justin Verlander didn't really look like, you know, prime Verlander, but he got the job done certainly against the Reds and uh, now two, two, five year eight in his limited sample at Washington versus Cleveland. I'm going to give Verlander a five just because it's Verlander. Yeah. And I'm hoping um, he doesn't have the same issues that Scherzer has had. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to give him a five as well. And he showed up on my latest rest of season, like a top three pitcher, because at this point you're just expecting to pitch like every day. And mm. that's his skills are now, you know, they're the reason he was drafted lower is because of missing time. So, I mean, he checks Absolutely. in as one of the top pitchers in the league right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Hopefully yeah, the injury issues are behind him and he's able to, Stay on the mound. Johnny Brito at Toronto at Cincinnati. He's going to be a zero. Uh, Domingo Herman. Zero is the lowest we can go. <laughs> Might dip into the negatives here. Um, I had. I mean, I had, I was like, you know what? I could have watched this Brito guy because Yankee Stadium's not so bad. The offense, well, eh, no, not, didn't work out. Now Domingo Herman is the same. Tough two step at Toronto at Cincy and it yeah Cincy's not great but it's such a small little band box park there. I might consider Domingo as like a one. I think him a two because I think I think New York protects him a bit and they mm-hmm. they they, they kind of have the length now to 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 take him out after five. I don't know I don't see him getting lit up primarily because I think he's taken out of the game. So I'm I think All I right. go two. Uh, good point. So I got a one on Domingo Herman, but I got you down as a two. Kyle Muller is going to be a zero for Oakland. I'm taking the L there too. Well, look, we all have to take our shots late. And that's just one that didn't really work out. Yeah, it's not even working at home, which is, I mean, he's not, he's only home once this week. But when when will when will we be able to talk about Funky Cold Medina as a two star guy? <laughs> I like that, that. Your, that. That was from your era, right? Well, a little before, but okay, okay. Who was the guy who sung sang that song? He was in uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I I actually quoted it in a in a Reason Z files, and I forget who it was. Do you remember that guy being in a? Uh... Oh, Tone Loke. Tone Loke. Yeah, Tone Loke. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good song. Um. All right. So Kyle Muller's a zero. Then Bailey Falter. I I was thinking about dropping him and. Derek Van Riper's Maki League probably should have done a long time ago, but uh, to activate Yuri Perez, I instead dropped Oscar Colas. So I had a couple <laughs> dead spots, but uh, Bailey Falter's 0 and 6 with a 5 7 5 ERA at San Francisco versus the Cubs. Look, you don't have to bank that 5 7 5 ERA if you pick him up from here. Uh, would you consider rolling the dice on Bailey Falter this week? Oh, gosh. I think, and I kind of hinted this when we talked about his projection. Um, in the back end in that I didn't want to adjust it too much because I think he's going to get better. But we yeah, had a, we I've had a seen drop him pitch a couple times and I thought he looked okay. Sorry to jump yeah. in. No, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. That's the kind of yeah. I mean, we have an engine that takes care of it, but I think maybe maybe we're a little too optimistic, so we did have to drop it a bit. Um, I think I you know, I actually have him in a lot of places, so I can't you know I think he would be. Not that we've seen a ton of players so far that I need to get this guy this week, but I could in the twelve team league, 
I could see picking up Falter. Yeah, it's kind of one where like I feel like nobody's gonna really want him because the the surface numbers are so bad. There's just so much stink there that maybe wouldn't be the worst thing to yeah. get him on a low cost bid. Bailey Falter. That maybe it's not so bad that I held on to him because that is a deep league in Derek's league. Um, no two star pitchers for Pittsburgh. They got two off days next week. Then Seth Lugo for the Padres versus Kansas City versus Boston. Hmm. You know, I'd, I'd consider Lugo. And if I'm, I said, I think I said a one on Falter. What did you say on Falter? I said a one. Yeah. So if I'm going one on Falter, I'm going to go, I think, two on Lugo. No, I agree. I agree. I think he's, he's, Transition just back back to starter. Mm-hmm. Don't love that. Just not, yeah, just not a big of as big of a gap skills wise between yeah. those two as the surface numbers. Don't made. love the Boston start, but it is in San Diego, so that's not a bad thing. George Kirby, the uh, the guy wow. who just never issues a walk. I love it. Um, wow, at Boston, at Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> We're both we're both saying is he is he's a five, but we drop him for four to the yeah, max. exactly. I think. You know. Look, I can't really see a scenario where I bench Kirby, yeah, I, I don't even in like a ten team. Or I, so. I think he's a five. Yeah, I think he's now he's gotten to that point. Yeah, I think he's now matchup proof, and maybe you know maybe he doesn't have a great week, but I think he's fine. I think I'm oh, finally boy. done with Sean Mania. Yeah, that's um, I start. I saw that name and did the groan. I'm taking a lot of L's. Or the, now you, my pitching, and this is the year I said, you know what? I'm not going to be that aggressive. I'm going to try to be safer with my pitching. And here I go, all these guys that I have wrong. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh, we should love this matchup. We should be talking about almost making this a five, but we're talking about dropping them. You know? Yeah, I mean, two home starts against Philly and Miami. I guess. I initially wrote down zero, but now I'm going to think I'm going to say one, even though I've been burned so many times. He hasn't even pitched well against bad teams. I know. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing is, yeah, you can't even say well, good team. He hasn't. There've been a couple games where, all right, this is it. This is his make good game. I'm going to give him a one as well, but gosh, in the leagues I have him, it's like if you don't do it this week, you're gone. I'm tempted to go back to zero because no, I, I mean, I yeah, looking at his game log, he's. You know, his last it's terrible. What six outings? He's only made it out of the fourth inning once. Yeah, in his I last six yeah. outings, so I—I yeah. I, I mean, I'm gonna just stick with one. But that's ten. That's very was, much tenuous. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, he gave up only one. Oh wait a minute, he only pitched one and a third. That's why he only gave up one run. Right. Uh, Jack Flaherty kind of got weirdly defensive about his fastball velocity this week. That was kind of strange. Versus Milwaukee. Versus the Dodgers, we knew all those walks were going to catch up to Jack, and boy, have they! So with these matchups, you know, versus Milwaukee doesn't scare me, but I kind of feel like Flaherty is just like a two now. I think that think? might be. I think that may be twice as high as it should be. I'm, yeah. I, I just have not. I'm going to give him a two out of respect, but I have not seen a whole lot that gives me encouragement, and that just feeds into what's going on with the Cardinals. Is I mean. All right, it's hard to replace Molina, and can you rebuild when you have to keep him around? But, I mean, Flaherty was supposed to be an ace at this point. Um, a couple of players were supposed to develop more than they have. 
people are saying they don't have a plan. I think they had a plan that just hadn't worked out, just didn't work out very well. And that sometimes happens. Yeah. So you going one on Flaherty? I'm going one. And um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, he's not available, but I'm not, I'm just, I don't trust him right now. And I just, I don't, I haven't seen anything that I like. Jordan Montgomery, tough calls. Well, um, 411 ERA versus Milwaukee versus the Dodgers. I think he'll be a three, but. I think I'm going to go 3.6, so it raises up to a four. I think wow. I just I just think he's just he just gets the job done. Yeah, he's boring but steady. I think he just gets it done. I uh, mean, yeah. He's had two rough outings at Chicago and Arizona. Otherwise there have been I think almost everything else has been a quality start. So um yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go four because I think that's what he is. He's a contact type of guy that's gonna run his run into some bad outings, but I think more often than not, he'll be fine. What about Yanni Chirinos? He's been pitching well for Tampa Bay. Not a surprise, really, because they just keep churning out pitching. But uh, 2 2 2 ERA at the Mets versus Milwaukee. I know he was scooped up in a lot of leagues last week, but if Yanni's still out there, I mean, I'm not saying get aggressive, but I definitely would try to pick him up. So I'm going to probably say three. Yeah, as you, as you know, because you do the charts and help us out or help, you know, everything that. Tampa and a couple other teams are starting to use their primary pitchers again. Oh, yeah. Um, they kind of got away from it last year, but they're back to it again. So, you know, whenever – always double-check if, uh, you know, if Weeks is starting, check to make sure it's not Fleming or whatever. Um, I'm going to go – I need to look more into Cherno. So I'm going to go with a two and say – once I do my research, I may go to a three, but right now I'm going to stick with a two. All right. I hear that. Well, Dane Dunning's been getting some love in the chat today. Uh, he lines up for versus Atlanta versus Colorado. He's been pitching really well. So probably a guy to uh, at least have on the waterfall for sure. And definitely has some believers. I'm a little, you know, I'm not completely sold, but uh, with these matchups, even though Atlanta's tough, Love Colorado at home. So I'm going to give Dunning a three, I think. 19 strikeouts, seven walks, and 31 and a third innings. Only 19 Ks and 31. Yeah, no home, no home runs, 20, uh, 20, 20 hits. Now, as much as we said, I don't remember who it was, that you can't say it's all bad luck. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. You can't yeah. say this is all good luck either, you know. Exactly. But still, no homers and 20 hits and 31 and a third. He's gonna come up. It's, he's gonna come up. And it's on the way. Um, All that contact's gonna catch up to him eventually. Yeah, at some point, or or he, you know, he has less contact. He strikes out more batters. Sometimes the skills improve too. I'm tough matchups. I'm gonna go with two. But all my point is, I know he's getting love in the chat. Come on, if you're in our chat, you're gonna know at this point. Uh, surface stats are not the best place to to look. Absolutely. Now, uh, Alec Manoa got a mention in the chat too today. And, man, I just don't know what's going on with him. The slider is just not getting whiffs and seems to have just abandoned him. So, just has not been anywhere close to the guy I was expecting. And hard to know exactly how to value him. It's versus New York versus Baltimore next week. Probably giving him a three because I'm stubborn. 
is that too high on Alec Manoa? I'm, I'm, I'm even more stubborn. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, he's better than this. He's going to be a four. The slider though, just isn't there. It's weird. I maybe he needs to throw a sweeper. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to go with three, but I, in my head, I'm thinking he's a four, but no, no, maybe that's in my heart. I'm thinking he's a four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want him to be so much better than, than he's been. I'm rooting for the guy, but so do my teams. Yeah. Um, a couple of keeper leagues. Galsman's a five, obviously. Yeah. He recovered uh, from the, uh, from the Red Sox start. He and, Oh, who was he pitching against the other night? It was just um, Wheeler. He and Wheeler hmm. were just, oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Pitching porn, if you like that sort of thing. Patrick Corbin's going to be a zero for me, but then uh, Josiah Gray mentioned in the chat is maybe the best two-star pitcher of the week. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a five for me, but among the available options, you know, here and there, I think Josiah Gray may be still out there in some shallower leagues. If you can go out and get him, he'd be a top priority. Um, hmm. Corbin a zero, Gray a four at Miami I mean, versus Detroit. Yeah, those matchups you got to give him a four. But again, surface stats: forty strikeouts, nineteen walks, 44, 45 and two thirds. Although I, I was going to say he has picked up strikeouts lately, but they fell back down again. Um, three 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 whiffs in seven innings. So I like the I like the matchups. I like what I'm seeing for Gray. I've actually tweaked my initial expectations a little bit in his favor, but I don't want to go too overboard yet. All right. Well, let's recap our two-start pitcher grades for the week of May 15th, almost to the uh, quarter pole. To- <laughs> I'm kidding. I know that's one of your pet peeves. So we're almost a quarter of the way through the season, but we're not to the quarter pole until what the three fourths mark. Right? Well, technically, it's a quarter of a mile left in the race, so yeah, that's yeah. only if the race is one mile, you know. And I'm not a racing guy. I mean, <laughs> that's true. It's an analogy, but it's, it's wrong when you say quarter mile at this <laughs> stage or quarter pole at this stage. Yeah. Anyway, let's recap the two star pitcher grades for next week: Merrill Kelly a four, Charlie Morton a four, Grayson and Rodriguez I say three, Todd two. Dean Kramer, I say two, Todd, one. Jamison Tyone, one. Hunter Green, I say two, Todd, one. Shane Bieber, five. Connor Siebold, zero. Lance Lynn, three. Fromber Valdez, five. Brad Keller, one. Shohei Otani, five. Noah Syndergaard, one. Clayton Kershaw, five. Jesus Lazardo, four. Eric Lauer, two. Pablo Lopez, four. Justin Verlander, five. Johnny Brito, zero. Domingo Herman, I say one. Todd, two. Kyle Muller, zero. Bailey Falter, one. Seth Lugo, two. George Kirby, five. Sean Manaya, one. Jack Flaherty, I say two. Todd, one. Jordan Montgomery, I say three. Todd, four. Yanni Chirinos, I say three. Todd, two. Uh, Dane Dunning, three. Alec Manoa, three. Kevin Gaussman, five. Patrick Corbin, four. Josiah, sorry, Patrick Corbin, zero. Josiah Gray, four. That would have been a bad one to mess up. (laughs) Patrick Corbin, zero. Josiah Gray, four. Well, great stuff today, Todd. Appreciate everybody came through the chat. We had a lively chat discussion. Appreciate that. Anything else on your mind today? Uh, Z-Files coming out. It's... um... Talking about rest of season projections, check that out if you uh, if you folks want. 
And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe an early happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Absolutely. I hope you enjoy Mother's Day and, uh, yeah, everybody out there, hope you you know, keep the keep the grind going. Still a long way to go this season, so don't get too down if you're struggling here and there. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.